Today's episode of In the Garage with Track Guy is brought to you by the Track Guy Foundation. At the Track Guy Foundation, we are committed to bringing track and field and cross-country experiences to Iowa's youth. In the next 40 minutes, you will listen to myself and my father have an open conversation with Shelby Houlihan covering all things from her high school and college successes to her time with the Bowerman Track Club, but a lot of time focusing on the four-year anti-doping ban. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoy. And if you do, please drop us a five-star review on Apple iTunes. Now here's the show. Shelby Houlihan, welcome to In the Garage with Track Guy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So this is my understanding that uh, this is your first quote-unquote public address since your uh, ban was announced. So thank you very much for trusting us with your voice. Yeah. No problem. Uh, today, we're going to cover a whole multitude of topics focused on you and your successes, one being your outstanding prep career in Sioux City and at the Drake Relays. Then we'll touch on your time at Arizona State and your illustrious professional career at the, or excuse me, with the Bowerman Track Club. And then we can address the 6,000-pound elephant in the room, your four-year ban from the sport that you've devoted a large part of your life to. And we're not here to be the judge, the jury, or the executioner. So we're here to just solely hear from you. And if there's any questions you wish to not answer, or you simply can't, just decline and we'll move on. Sound good? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, track guy, take us away. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, and uh, anybody that knows me and and knows I'm from Iowa knows I've been a Shelby Hand fan for a long, long time. And and, uh, what a career she had at Sioux City East eight-time state champion, eight-time Drake Relays champion. And I always got a kick out of when Shelby turned professional, they were so surprised with her kick in the 5,000 or 1,500 or 3,000. Well, she was a state champion in the 400 and uh, in the open and run 400 on relays for East, and they had some outstanding relay teams as well. You know, Shelby, and I was just looking back the other day of the number of high school girls in your era that went on to have outstanding division one careers. You know, I mean, we're talking about the Dinsdale twins and Ashley Decker and Betsy and Katie flood and Rebecca Topham, Colette Gennady with that outstanding 800 uh, duel that you and she had at the Drake relays one year, Alex Wilson, Sarah Stokes, Morgan Casey, Madison Waymeyer, Ashley Miller. And of course your uh, teammate with Bowerman track club, uh, Carissa Schweitzer. Part of that had to, polish you up a little bit uh, as you went and moved on to college and professional did you did that even dawn on you at the time Shelby that the quality that you were racing with year in and year out and maybe you could use that to your advantage at some time no I mean I feel like in the moment I was just you know racing good girls like (laughs) it wasn't anything more than that and it's insane to watch or to look back now and see how much depth there was it was crazy um and yeah, I mean, just that list alone, you know, that's an amazing thing that came out of Iowa in that time. Um, I think it was good for me looking back now it to have that level of competition growing up. I, I wasn't out there, you know, winning everything. I don't feel like I really want to like won many state titles until my last year because the competition was so good and it taught me how to lose and how to keep persevering and pushing forward and, you know, keep working hard and chipping away at it. And I think that was a really great thing to learn that young. Uh, I think it's hard to go into a college career 
having won everything, never really having to experience failure or setbacks or adversity. Uh, and then, you know, not be the one of the best in, in the collegiate system. That's a really hard thing to do. And it was even hard for me when I went to ASU, but I think my time at, in Iowa definitely helped get me <laughs> to where I was. You know, it's kind of funny. It's funny now to look back on it. I'm sure it wasn't funny to you at the time, but you were third of the state cross country meet three years in a row to Katie flood and Ashley Decker. <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> it's uh, and both those, you know, I mean, Ash or Katie went on and was a national champion uh, and collegiately as well. And Ashley had a great uh, collegiate career at Minnesota. So then when they, they graduated, you won your cross country title and, and added that to your resume. You know, and then you mentioned Arizona state and you won an NCAA title in the 1500 there. And, and uh, two-time top 10 finisher in the NCAA cross-country championships. And where you're at today as a 13-time U.S. champion, one would think that you had won more than just one NCAA title. Did injuries play a part in that, or is that just a selective racing? Or uh, I'm just curious. I can't remember back uh, as to why not that one title isn't enough, but uh, it seems odd that uh, you would have only won one NCAA title. Yeah, you know, I think my career – really has been a very slow and patient progression in high school. I was really only doing like 20 ish miles a week and training like a sprinter. Um, and then I finally got to college and my first year I started at 30 miles a week and then 40 and then 50 and then finally 60 my last year. And I remember getting to college and feeling very impatient, uh, really frustrated that I wasn't one of the best ones yet uh, my freshman year. And uh, my coach sat me down and, told me we need to be patient. All these other women that are older than me have put in more time and more miles and more work and I will get there at some point, but yeah, I have to trust the process and just be patient and hope that things will come together. And so that's what I did. Instead, my freshman year, I started, instead of comparing myself overall in the standings, I would look at where did I stack up against the other freshmen? And same thing with my sophomore year, where did I stack up against the other sophomores? Uh, and that was a lot easier for me to handle in those first couple of years because I just I was so undertrained at that point too um and so finally my junior year I was kind of I was able to come away with a national title and that paid off the patience paid off um my senior year I was very close to winning another national title and I got nipped at the line uh let up at the line which I will never do again <laughs> um yeah it was a hard lesson to learn in the moment um but yeah I mean I think really what you're seeing has just been a very slow progression after, after my collegiate career, I kept kind of upping my mileage. And then, so the first year out, I was around 65, but the switch in training groups and location and coach and, you know, having teammates that can push me kind of kept the mileage pretty similar to my senior year and just focused on all of the other variables that were changing, that were changing at the time. And yeah, I mean, now I'm up to about 85 to 90 miles a week and it's really, I'm seeing it pay off now. Um, but it's just taken a long time to get here. Sure. You know, and you come, for those that don't know, you come from a, a running family, uh, a running family at a very high level. Your mom was an Olympic trials qualifier in the marathon. Uh, Shayla uh, was a professional steeplechaser for a while. Now coaches uh, professional athletes after a, a great coaching career at Cal. Then your uncle Bob Prince was an NCAA champion in the 800 uh, back in the day. And is that, 
and I've, I've always been curious about this. Was that something that helped you in your career or did it, was it added pressure to you that you wanted to live up to what the accolades that those ahead of you laid down? I never saw it as pressure. I don't feel like it was ever, the pressure was ever put on me. It was just, and I never really compared myself to them at all. It just, I just like to run. Um, and I grew up in a running family and I was surrounded by the sport since I was very young, since I was five, I started running. And it was just something that I enjoyed doing. And I found a lot of, as especially as I got older, I found much more joy in it. <laughs> when I was young, I was like, ah, I hate this sport. You know? <laughs> tried so, to, I did soccer and basketball. I tried to, but yeah. <laughs> but, when did it dawn on you that you were not just good at running, but rather excellent at running? I mean, I think I always knew deep down that it was there and that it was like even when I tried to pursue soccer or basketball I always knew that I was going to run and I knew that I wanted to run professionally at some point I wanted to go to the Olympics and and set records I just it took me like probably until maybe late high school to really start enjoying the process and like really enjoying what I was doing in the sport Um, and then you know as I've put more work in sacrificed more and just stayed patient and watched everything come together. I've just grown to love it that much more. Yeah. I mean, it's been such a fun process and I I'm, I'm very excited to can see that continue going, but. Yeah. Well, when you trust the process and then the process works when you trust the yeah. process and it doesn't, you know, you think, oh, well, we got to change something. It, it could be a little bit deflating. I'm sure. Tell, tell us why, uh, how and why, the Bowerman Track Club. How does how how does how does that work? Tell us tell us uh, a little bit. How's that system work? That a person ends up with a particular club or another one. Yeah. So obviously, I had a good enough year or good enough career at ASU that I was able to pursue a professional career. Um, and so some of the options that I was I was looking at a couple different groups, professional groups. I was also considering staying in Arizona with my college coach. I'd never really been in a very competitive team aspect like that. So I didn't know I was, I'm used to training by myself. Um, I didn't know how it handled that. And I guess when I went and visited Bowerman and talked to Jerry, I just felt like I would always wonder what I could have done if I had went. Uh, and I didn't want to have any regrets in my career. So I think once I figured that out, it was an easy decision. I went to the Bowerman track club and it was honestly the best decision that I ever could have made. I've having teammates that push me and, that I can pull along as well and help make better has is we've created such a great environment and uh, it's, I don't think I would have been able to do the things that I have accomplished without those, without those women. Well, it's got to help having somebody like Shalane around there as well with her experience, you know, and, and uh, what she has done in the sport. You know, you mentioned earlier that you, you, you trained as a sprinter in high school. Yeah. Um, you know, and I still think, I still think you could be one of the world's best 800 runners if, if you had the time to devote to that, but, was, well, that's that, where uh, the uh, that's where the Instagram and Twitter handle comes yeah. from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it <will> never change. <laughs> never change. Don't ever change that. Absolutely. So Shelby, training as a sprinter, I uh, obviously helped you in the fifteen hundred at Arizona State. But is there still some things there you you can draw on at the five k, three k, even the ten k with some of that sprint training, that sprint background? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think anytime you have a full toolbox and you continue to keep sharpening those tools, that's a good thing to have. Um, so. In the last few years, I've really been honing in on 
building my base and building my aerobic system. Uh, the speed was already there, uh, but now I have two sharp tools. <laughs> I have speed and I have a good, good aerobic system. So it, I can use that top end speed at the end of a really fast 1500, like before, especially college, I, I had a really good kickoff of slow races, but if it was a very fast race, it wasn't there as much. Um, so now I'm just, I have that top end speed at the end of my races now and a very high caliber races in, in that. And I think it's the, the more mileage I put in, the better I've gotten at the 5k. I haven't tried a 10k yet. I really want to try 10k. Um, you did hopefully at some point. Cross, though. I did it. I did it in cross. Yeah. And, and that paid that, off pretty well. That was really fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, I would love to get on the track and just rip a fast 10 K and see what I could do there. But yeah, I mean, I don't really care what race it is. I just like to race. So <laughs> I'm, you know, I think as long as you keep building the base and at the same time, touching on the speed, you can kind of translate to that into a lot of different things. Before we dive into the heart of the conversation, we want to pause to give thanks to the local shoe stores that have partnered with us to keep driving the Track Guy Foundation forward by helping put shoes on the feet of Iowa's youth that need them the most. They are Heartland Souls in Johnston and Coralville, Fitness Sports in Clive, Peak Performance of Sioux City, Fleet Feet of Davenport, and Iowa Running Company of Cedar Rapids. And now back to our chat with Shelby Houlihan. Let's take another step here. You're the American record holder in the 1500 and the 5,000. As I mentioned earlier, 13 times a U.S. champion, which is about 12 more than uh, everybody else would dream about. Uh, Olympic finalist in 2016 in the 5,000, a world championship finalist in the 5,000 outdoors. And this year you find yourself watching the trials, if you did, watching the Olympics, if you did, did, did you watch either one of those events on TV, Shelby? I only watched my teammates run. Sure. I, that was all I could really do. Uh, I wanted to be supportive of, supportive of them. And I've, I've invested so much time with them and work with them that I really genuinely wanted to see them do well. And I couldn't not watch that. Um, that was an awesome thing to watch my teammates make the Olympic team um, for the first time. And I was, you know, crying and texting them and so happy for them, but that was really all like, I couldn't really watch the rest of the races. And even at the Olympics, I didn't really watch anything. I just watched their races. I can't imagine your emotions for either one of the, you know, those events that had to run the gamut absolute from end to end. And so Shelby, here you are going through uh, the toughest time of your life, and we'll get to that more as, as we go on here, but, and hopefully uh, it will be the very toughest time that you'll ever have to go through, but here on, on your team, you talked about the importance of teammates as a fellow Iowan, Carissa Schweitzer, and who you knew in high school, and, uh, and now she's a teammate at the professional level and made her first Olympic team. How important it was, is it? To, to have somebody that, that you've known that long, and, and she's also a fellow Iowan, that helping you get through some of this as uh, so far from home? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Carissa has been my little sister of the team. We, I def it definitely feels like more of a sibling relationship. Uh, and I don't know if that's an Iowa connection or what's going on there, but we just kind of click. And, you know, being training partners, that works out really well for us as well. And we're both those type of people that we just want to go – and like murder ourselves in the workout <laughs> and it works really well. Um, 
sometimes we maybe go too far and push ourselves too hard, but uh, I think most of the time we're pretty good about it. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's been huge for me to have my teammates around me and supporting me. And um, there was a group of a few of them that knew about it the whole time. Not everyone knew, um, but the girls that I was living with at the time in, in Flagstaff at our altitude camp, I, I had to tell them cause there was no way I was going to be okay. Um, sure. at least in the house. So I think having like the three of them, it was, you know, Carissa and Elise and Courtney, um, there and helping me, like they would, you know, make dinner for me when I didn't feel like I could get out of bed or, um, just like crying with me when I needed to cry. And that was huge for me to have that kind of support. I've never, I'm not a very vulnerable person. I don't cry in front of people. I don't like, uh, that's not, that was really out of my comfort zone, but I really had no other choice but to lean on on those women at that time. And they were amazing and they've been amazing this whole time. Well, it was, it was great to see all your teammates and your coaches come forth after the announcement and, and make their statements in support of you. I think that says a lot about the Bowerman track club and you. Yeah. 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 And I mean, they, all, they didn't have to do that either. They didn't have to make posts or anything about it, but I you know really appreciate them having my back and showing their support publicly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't have asked for better teammates. You spent the uh, majority of the summer in Iowa, the Midwest, driving your Volkswagen uh, van around. Yeah. You know, it, it seemed Wrong, to me, and right? I can always tell by your, yep. your uh, posts uh, or hearing from your mom or seeing stuff from Shayla that Lake Okaboji is kind of your go-to place. That's where you go to find yourself, so to speak, and and what's so for those that don't know Iowa, what's so special about uh, Okaboji and, and the Great Lakes of Iowa that, that that draws you and your family there each and every year? Yeah, so my family bought a cabin there when I was six years old, and we've spent every single summer there since then. Um, outside of the last few years, obviously, I've been racing, um, but I grew up there, and you know, my my cousins would come and spend the summer with us, and. I'd get up early at like 6 a.m. with one of my cousins and we'd go find worms and go fishing in the lake. <laughs> like it was just, I've had such amazing memories of my childhood uh, at Okaboji and uh, it's always kind of been my happy place. And I think I've been really fortunate that I've been, I was able to go back last year because of COVID. Um, so I got to spend like 10 days there just kind of hanging out. Our season was done pretty, a lot sooner than normal. Um, let me inter- I'm good? interject something. So not everybody who's uh, uh, going through something in life like that you're going through right now has a place like that they can go to. So I've got to believe that uh, when this all went down uh, last winter or at the first of the year that maybe you knew uh, if you were going to get yourself together, you were going to go to Lake Okaboji to do that you know, and spend time with your family and, and not be interrupted by the media, not be interrupted by uh, uh, anybody wanting the inside scoop and all that stuff. So that, that had to be uh, pretty darn special to you and your mom and your dad and your family to know that you had that to go to. And, and uh, we're just proud that it happened to be the state of Iowa that you could go do that. Yeah. So you talked about I have one question to ask. Yeah, go ahead, Okaboji. John. Yeah. Are you viewed as a celebrity in Okaboji or is the track world <laughs> so small that, that you can still go unnoticed? Um, I, I think I'm, pretty much went unnoticed this whole summer there. Uh, I didn't really leave too much. Also, I didn't, 
I wasn't trying to seek out <laughs> anyone recognizing me either, but uh, there's been a, like once in a while, I'll just be walking around and someone will stop and ask for a picture or something like that. Um, but yeah, this time for the most part, I kind of stayed low or stayed under the radar and uh, just hung out at the cabin mostly. But yeah, no, no one recognized me this time, which is, I think, good in a way. I, don't, I couldn't really handle too much attention at, the, at that moment. Yeah, understandable. So you're back in Portland now, Shelby? Yep. I got back on Saturday. So a few days ago. Are you training? And if you yeah. are at what level? <laughs> uh, just kind of getting back into it. I, you know, once all this happened, I, I was pretty discouraged. Um, I kind of just was like, I, I think this is the end of my career. I don't know how I can really come back from this and into a system that I don't trust anymore that I feel betrayed by. Um, and I think as time has gone on and I've kind of processed things and worked through things, I don't feel like I can walk away from it. I just, I have a lot left. Uh, I don't feel like I've really reached my anywhere close to my limit yet. I, I have so much potential left. Um, so I think for myself, at least I need to keep training and keep chipping away at it, keep putting my head down and working hard and staying patient because I've gotten really good at staying patient and waiting for those opportunities. Um, and I think, you know, I don't know quite yet what's going to happen if it's going to be four years from now, but uh, in the meantime, I can, I'll just create my own opportunities. I'll do time trials um, or like kind of mock races um, and I'll try to find I mean, I'm still trying to navigate exactly what training will look like because obviously it, it has to change a bit, but I'm going to try to find a way to do that and keep, just keep working at it. You, know, you, you mentioned about how you've uh, maybe changed your mindset a little bit and different from what it was in January. And is there a little more chip on your shoulder now than there ever has been that, uh, <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to prove to people that, uh, ban or no ban, I'm still Shelby Houlihan and, and, uh, I'm here for the long haul. Yeah. Yeah. In a way it's, there's definitely a chip there and I guess more so it's like they can take away my running career for the next four years, but they can't take away running from me. I'm, I can still train. I can still run and do what I love to do. Um, and that might look different right now. And I still have the same goals. I want to, I want to try to break 14 in the 5k. I want to try to break 350 in the 1500 and like, I still have these huge goals and I, maybe I do those and those don't count, but I at least want to do them for myself. And I want to know for myself what I could have done. Um, sure. Even if I don't come back in four years, I, I would just want to know what I could have done um, for myself. Is it etched in stone Shelby that it's a four-year ban? Is there any leeway there that you know of at this point that that could ever change? Um, I don't think so right now. I mean, I mean, as of right now, it is a four-year ban, but I think I can still appeal that, uh, which is what we're planning on doing. And then, you know, hopefully we can get a, another trial. I think, you know, one of the things about this whole thing was people assumed that I got two trials. You got the, get the first trial with the AIU and then I get, you know, I would have presumably lost that and then appealed that and got a second trial with the court of arbitration. And that didn't happen. I was forced because the AIU refused to 
really give us anything, any update or anything. They wouldn't really reply to our emails. Um, and we were running out of time before the trials that we were forced to take it to the court of arbitration straight away and just agree to a single hearing, which we then obviously lost. Um, and the opinion on that should be coming out soon. I, I already know it, but I don't, I'm not going to comment on it yet because it's not public, but absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So I think once that comes out, then we can go about the appeal process and hopefully get another hearing. Um, and if, if we don't win that, I'm, I'm not really sure where to go from there. Um, but, you know, fingers crossed and hopefully we can. There was a time before the Olympic trials that the news broke that you may be able to run. What was the story behind that? Yeah, I'm not exactly positive. Um, so I was obviously it came out that I was banned. Um, and then we were we filed to. I'm, and I'm going to forget the actual terms of this, but basically filed to lift that so that I could run in the trials pending the appeal because we were planning on appealing it. And that obviously, I think word of that and kind of USATF's backing of like, oh, we'll let her run anyway. You know, I think people kind of ran with that and thought I was cleared to run, uh, which was not the case. And I wasn't planning on defying that and doing it anyway, by any means. So yeah, I'm not really sure exactly what happened. I think the media reports kind of just like went with it and said I was racing. That definitely wasn't the case. I was waiting on that. And obviously that got denied. So I ended up, um, you know, flying back home and dealing with that. So, yeah. So you were in Eugene and, uh, and hoping for the opportunity and, and, uh, I was in Eugene and I was hoping for the opportunity as well. Like we talked about a young lady, it's already been to an Olympic final and a world championship, uh, final, a world championship, top five finisher, both indoors and out 13 time U S champion. You've proved that you're a winner at every level. How do you define yourself? How do you make sure nobody forgets that you're a winner these next these next four years if, in fact, this does last for four years? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really the way that I handle this. Um, and I've, I've been proud of how I have handled it so far. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I took the time to myself and I'm still, you know, processing it and getting through it and grieving and I'm very angry still. But... I'm planning on, I'm like trying to move forward. I'm trying to still find a way. Like, I don't want this to deter me. It might prolong my goals for another four years. Um, but, you know, I'll show up still four years from now, if, if that's the case. And I'll come out <laughs> guns blazing, <laughs> trying to set every record I can and make up for lost time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm going to just keep training in the meantime. And, you know, maybe I, like I said, put on some time to race um, in any way I can. A lot of things are going to change in the whole landscape of athletics in the next four years. It, it always does. And I think a lot of it started when uh, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire and their own personal home run derby, then they found out both were dirty. Now, it seems like to me, Shelby, that any athlete in any sport has a lot of success. People say, well, th there's no way they're doing this without performance enhancing drugs of some sort. And did anybody 
ever, did this ever come up to you prior to this uh, positive test that, that anybody ever said, I doubt that you're as good as you are. Did that ever, did anybody ever mention that or anything? Yeah. I mean, of course, anytime you do things that haven't like set American records, things that haven't been done before people, there's always going to be skeptical people. And I tried to conduct myself in the best way. And I feel like I'm a very honest person. I, you know, I work very hard and I've tried to show people as best that I, as I can, that I, this is me. I, I work hard at what I do. I love what I do more importantly, and I'm willing to just put my head down and stay as patient as possible and wait for those results to, to show through. And um, yeah, I mean, of course there's going to be the people that <laughs> always have an opinion that feel the need to, to be hurtful and, and state that. Um, but I think for the majority of people, I think everyone for the most part believed that that was me. Um, and so it was kind of easy to block out the haters, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I always, that was always something that bothered me because it's, it's hard when you're in that position. And it's like, is anything anyone ever does like suspected of being a cheater? Like, I, I, I don't know what to do about that. And that's just the reality of the, of the sport, I guess. Um, people have ruined that there had been a lot of cheaters and that sucks, but that's kind of the reality of the situation. And I just tried to present myself the best way I could to prove that I, that wasn't me. Uh, and so I think that's makes this situation even more frustrating because I have done, I've gone out of my way to try to, you know, show that and for this to have happened and completely discredit everything that I've done and my reputation and my career that's that's been really difficult because um, I feel like I've I've done everything I can up to this point to show people that I'm I'm I don't cheat that that is me it's hard work it's love it's you know dedication to, and perseverance um, and I hope that people continue to see that um, but I understand people being skeptical I you know that's I if there was a way to just say like hey this is what happened this is the proof, then obviously that would, I would do that, but it's not that easy. Um, so I'm kind of in an impossible situation where this has happened and I, I don't have the physical like evidence to prove this. So it's just, yeah, I'm just trying to <laughs> state that I'm innocent and show that in any possible way that I can. And, you know, right now that hasn't been good enough up to this point, but hopefully it will be at some point, hopefully the truth will come out. In these next four years, if it is four years, will you, and I don't know how the system works. I, I don't know uh, in this situation, will you be able to enter races and take the risk, you know, that if you set a record, it isn't going to count, but will you still be able to compete at some point if, if the race organizers would allow you in or will allow you in, are you, is there any rule that says you can't compete? No, I can't compete. Um, at least, you know, with IWF, WADA, like USATF kind of affiliation. Uh -huh. um, I don't know as much about like just open normal races. Yeah. Um, but I know I cannot compete. And if I were to do that, then, you know, I, I could, my band could get reset and it could be even yeah. longer than four years. So I'm not even going to. Right. Not even gonna play with that. I mean, not even a, a 5k road race in Sioux City or something like that. As simple as that. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I don't I don't know. And why take funny, the chance? 
Yeah. yeah, it's like they, I mean, it's funny, they they banned me, but they've never sent me any sort of rule. So I actually don't know okay. <laughs> exactly what that means or the rules of that ban. Um, but I, I do know that I cannot compete. Okay. Well, the the one question I was going to ask, you did a, I think you did a fine job of answering is just how, how do you want your following to view you? going forward obviously this is going to be an asterisk next to your name until the end of time which is unfortunate but you have well myself a big fan and many 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 others like how how would you like us to to view you um, shelby Houlihan as the great with this unfortunate event yeah i mean I just don't want anyone to look at me any differently than they had before. I guess this is a really crappy situation and I don't know why this happened. I like, I'm trying to find like, like, what did I do to deserve this? Or like, you know, a reason. Um, and I don't know what that is, but I just want everyone to keep supporting and like trusting that this is not something that I did. I would never do this. I have no interest in, taking shortcuts um, by any means. I don't know how people cheat and feel like they deserve the things that they accomplish. I will never understand that. That's not who I am. And, you know, I hope people just continue to believe that and support and follow my career because uh, I still have a lot more to prove. I still have a lot more in there. And, you know, I, I think, you know, it's going to be exciting to see what that is. And I just ask that no one really change their opinion of me than, that they had before. Well, that's a good segue into uh, into this. Four years comes and goes. Ban aside, but where do you picture yourself in ten to fifteen years? Is Shelby Houlihan a marathoner? Is she a coach? Is she absolutely done with track and field and cross country? Where are you in fifteen years? Oh man, I mean, I guess technically I'd probably be done running, right? I would love to do it as long as possible. I, I would hope to be doing it fifteen years from now, but. I'd be pretty old at that point, like 43. Um, so maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like yet after running. I think that's why this situation has also been very difficult because I'm kind of like left out and with nowhere to go. You know, I, I don't have an, another plan. Um, so I've been trying to kind of navigate that as well. But you know, I, I really enjoy cooking. So maybe something with that, maybe I'll start cooking. Um, a Harry Potter and... themed cooking show. <laughs> yes, that would be great. Well, maybe you and the cat just load up in the Volkswagen van and take off and tour the whole country. Yeah, I mean, we already toured half of it. Yeah. <laughs> he was a champ, by the way. Like he just, you know, slept the whole way and then we'd get to the camping site and he'd just roam around and then hop back in and go back to sleep. <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't know what that looks like yet, but hopefully it'll be fun and exciting. Well, Shelby you've always had that thousand yard stare at the, at the starting line, you know, like, Hey, you bring what you've got. I've got what I've got. And may or may not have been a little chip on your shoulder just to prove to people that, Hey, uh, I'm here to show you how good I am and, and why people let you hang on for that last 300 meter kick in a race is beyond me. I've seen it more than once and never could understand why they're so slow learners, but my, my advice to you is let that uh, chip get to be the size of a boulder go down, like you said, with your head down and, and ready to go. And, and, uh, the majority of the track fans in America and the world are behind you and just show them what you can do and, and will do if, if it's four years and hopefully it's less, 
But uh, if it's in four years, I think uh, those that want to see uh, Shelby Houlihan, uh, they better buckle up because she's going to be ready to go. And we wish you the very, very best. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. And I just want to say also, I I appreciate you guys so much and how outspoken you've been with your support. Um, I will hopefully, I'm trying to put together a website right now. Um, I, I want somewhere where there's just all of the facts of what happened. Because uh, sure. I feel like there's a lot of, misinformation or just no information on what happened hopefully as unbiased as possible but you know it's my view of the situation as well um but that's where someone like people can go and read about what happened and kind of have a better understanding um there's also hopefully going to be a gofundme uh link there um i hate asking for help but i also have been paying for everything out of my own pocket and that's been extremely difficult um i've been you know i'm in a fortunate enough place that i've gotten to this point i you know i've been successful and been able to defend myself well up to this point but it's if i want to keep fighting this i yeah i might need a a little help and any small amount is, is huge honestly and um and if you can't just showing words of support is is good enough you know so that would that would mean a lot Cool. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Shelby, Don't thank be- you so much. Um, I can only imagine how difficult this was, but we appreciate that uh, uh, you let a couple of uh, uh, back road Iowans uh, talk to you today and, and just find out how you feel. And even though we talked to you here for 40 minutes, we still don't know how you feel because we can't imagine. But all we can say is, is hang in there. And uh, when this thing's all cut and dried and done, we're still going to be there to support you. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. And I think I did my best to not fangirl too hard today, but uh, <laughs> it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I, I wish you all the best and and thank you for trusting us with, with your voice and allowing us to share this with the world. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys for having me on. Honestly, if I was going to do any podcast, it'd be with you guys. So. Well, thank <laughs> you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. Take care, kiddo. Get some sleep. Yep. Thank you guys. Uh, best of luck, Shelby. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up our show with Iowa great Shelby Houlihan. If you enjoyed what you listened to, please go to Apple iTunes and leave us a five-star review that helps us reach many more people. And we look forward to sharing more content with you in the near future. If you want to be a supporter of the show or of the Track Guy Foundation, visit trackguyfoundation.com. If you would like to be a sponsor of the show, please email trackguy at trackguyfoundation.com. Again, thank you for all your support. Take care.